Welcome back to Never Watch Alone. I'm your host, Tim Lifeite, and joining me, as always, for our final installment of this this uh, year's Disaster Month, Sean Wheeler. How you doing, man? I am well. <laughs> you excited to uh, to cap off the uh, this Disaster Month with another Roland Emmerich movie? Because we started strong with 2012. Now we're going to... En- end really strong with uh the day after tomorrow well so. yes but it's funny that you say end strong because i feel that it's kind of poetic that we're ending disaster movie month with a movie that was a disaster from its scientific perspective <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> also i love the fact that what happens when you have such a shit time making a movie because of having to deal with the weather that you're just like, screw this, I'm going to make a movie about the weather. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that, that's exactly what this movie is. Like, In all fairness, that's actually kind of a stroke of genius, because seriously, uh, like, outside of really, like, Twister, when has there been a really, like, actually, no, not even Twister, because that was like a small confinement thing of Oklahoma, but when have we ever seen, like, you know, a global severe storm epic disaster movie. I mean, I don't, I can't really think of it. I mean, we did have Geostorm later, but that was, this movie is a, a, a fucking documentary compared to Geostorm. Well, and, and I mean, I, I get doing the concept, but I just, I still find it hilarious. It's like, I made a movie that was mostly outdoors and I just had to keep checking the weather and it sucked. So I made a movie about the weather sucking. I'm like, <laughs> okay it's like in all fairness he did come out like it was like really good timing because you know this was like at the height of you know the al gore inconvenient truth era and whatnot like when everyone was doing parodies of this stuff well i mean for sure and you know it's fun but again like when you like ask for input and all the scientists are like this is complete garbage I know. And your response isn't to do something different. It's just to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, just like, like, like the, uh, all right. Like, I guess you really didn't want input from the scientific community, but you asked for it anyway. I, it's it's such a weird movie. Just, I mean, well, I guess besides the science aside, uh, I'm actually curious what your thoughts about this. And did you actually go see this in the theater? Uh, I don't know if I saw this in theaters or not. I may have. I mean, I've definitely, you know, if I didn't see it in theaters, I saw it shortly thereafter. Yeah. However, I will still say, while this is an enjoyable movie, I I still think the, uh, um, the, oh gosh, um, is it Matt Stone (laughs) and Trey Parker? Those the South Park guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think their version would have been way better. Oh, <laughs> it was. I heard about this story. Okay, tell the story because it's so kind of amazing. They got their hands on the script before the movie was being made. Like, I don't yep. know how they got their hands on it, but they got their hands on the script. And they had the brilliant idea where they wanted to make the whole movie with puppets, but do it on the <laughs> hush hush, but then release it in theaters on the same day as the actual <laughs> movie. And basically, they got informed that, like, no legal team would ever allow this to happen. This will never get released in theaters. Like, sorry, no. And so they're like, they didn't do it. But I'm like, man, that's the version I want to (laughs) see. Well, weirdly enough, they did do, like, throw in their two cents afterwards with, uh, because they did a a parody of the movie uh, in their show. I think it was... uh, 
um, it was called Two Days Before the Day After Tomorrow, and it's where <laughs> Stan and Cartman accidentally uh, crash into the world's largest beaver dam and flood everyone, and everyone thinks it's about global warming. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, there's actually a really, fu- really funny bit where, you remember in the, uh, the the movie where, you know, he's like, evacuate everyone south of that line. Well, in it, uh, uh, Randy, Stan's dad, dr- right. accidentally draws a penis. <laughs> like, he's like, look, we have to, look, everyone south of this line has to be evacuated. Everyone north of this line mm, is already dead. The the uh, the East Coast is going to be swamped by tidal waves this long, and it's going to start in this little slit here near New York, and this whole ball shaped area in in the southwest corner they might have a chance, and then all of a sudden the crowd just looks at him in silence, and he's like, "What what what is so funny? Oh God!" <laughs> Uh, also something else that i just find like sorry we're gonna we're going into like trivia mode here early on yeah i just found hilarious it's like they didn't know if they wanted jake gyllenhaal because like i don't know if he can play a high school student i'm like really the man who became famous two years before this three two or three years before this yeah or playing a high school student i'm like if i'm like maybe he aged out but i'm like can he play a high school student? Like, I don't know. Did you watch Nari Darko, dumbass? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, I mean, uh, t- to be fair, like he, Jake Gyllenhaal looks ten years younger than he actually is. What, what, what I mean, what is he now? He's like what, uh, almost forty. Uh, the dude looks like he's barely in his. Even now, like when I saw him in uh, uh, Spider Man as when he was playing Mysterio, I still thought, man, like this dude could easily be even with that beard. He could still be like you know a thirty-five-year-old dude, like he's just like almost an epitome of youth. He's he's a pretty pretty man. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, so like because I don't think I saw this in theaters myself. I think I wound up seeing it on cable. Uh, I saw it on F, like FX, uh, the the Fox Movie Channel that yeah. that aired it almost constantly. And well, I mean, yeah. to, be, to be fair, at the time this came out. Um... You know, I mean, I've I've always been a big fan of going to the movies, and I've gone to the movies a lot. But this is mm-hmm. not, I don't think, the kind of movie where it's like I would have been the impetus behind going. But I'm also the kind of person where it's like if somebody's like, "Hey, we're going to watch a movie in theaters. Do you want to come?" I'm usually like, like, "I don't, yeah, I, yeah it's like, I don't care what it is. Yeah, let's go. Movies done. Fuck like, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll hate it. it. Either way, it's going to be memorable because th- that's that's what we really miss about theaters." Yeah, theater going is the experience of sitting down with a fucking bucket of popcorn and a giant ass soda with a whole bunch of strangers. Yeah, I I think the the few like hard lines I draw uh, when it comes like, hey, you want to go see a movie and like where the movie itself might be like, I'm not going to watch that is like one of those like medical miracle feel-good movies that are like just being made for like a religious slant like i'm out oh god or yeah uh, this is how a pet saved my life like i'm out like i don't i like i love i love cats you know i like pets to an extent but i don't need a whole movie about how like your emotional connection with your dog saved your life i just don't care i yeah it's (laughs) it's boring like come on make gives if you're gonna do this do it with a director's challenge. Like, if you're going to do that, do it with, like, almost no dialogue. 
Or do it against, like, the backdrop of, like, Armageddon and how, like, your dog was your only thing that kept you sane while, like, the vampires went crazy. We yeah, sure. Just right, give we us something. We don't love the dog in uh, I Am Legend. Like, the dog yeah, is great. dude. Like, you exactly. Can, you can have a viable, like, human dog, like, plot, subplot, whatever. But if you make it, like, if you're making a movie just to be sappy, I'm like, ooh. But, yeah, now. fuck off. Come on, man. Like, you got the movie. You can do so much more with that. It's all about the creativity and the showmanship. Because, like, yeah, I, I would draw my line at, at seeing movies like that, uh, especially like, you know, the fucking Christian or just any propaganda, like straight up propaganda shit. Um, and but yet we're whole, talking about a movie that you were just mentioning had good timing because of an inconvenient truth. And oh, my gosh, global warming and change. Well, again, they they have really good special effects <laughs> and really thrilling like action, you know, th like set pieces. Like, th it's because you know, at the end of the day, this movie's kind of a roller coaster, you know, yeah. like an action, a literal like roller coaster. You get strapped in, g get churned all around, jump up and down, get your wind, get the wind in your hair, and then you come back like. Ooh, okay, what's up next? You know, like, <laughs> any, anyone want fucking pizza or something? Like, <laughs> just so, but cause, yeah, because that's that's the thing. Like, this movie, it's it's not really, it's 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 not a masterpiece, but it does its job. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what I can say about it. So, I guess we should probably like actually start rolling it. Should yeah. we? I because yeah, uh, so. for all you folks that have actually been listening or. Or as always, they just go straight to the uh, the the skip button and be like, "Fucking start the commentary already, you son of a bitch." <laughs> so, I mean, if they're not showing up to listen to two assholes talk about a movie, I don't know what they're doing here. So <laughs> that's that's actually a very astute point, sir. Very astute point because they're lonely. This is where you ha never have to watch a movie alone again. That's why <laughs> we're here for you. We are here to entertain you while some other dude who made a movie for millions of dollars is entertaining you. <laughs> we're here to help make the voices in your head stop if only for two hours and yeah and after uh, the disaster of 2020 yeah i'm pretty sure that would help <laughs> so that said uh for the, those of you listening at home uh, if you got a copy of the blu-ray if it's uh, i forget where it's on streaming i, I always I always forget to um, see well, where. Well, but does that even matter? Because by the t between us recording them and them coming out, they very well may have switched streaming services. That's very true. Because well, either way, you can. There's like lots of places to find them. You can find them like you can get them for low prices on like you know iTunes, Vudu, Amazon, uh, you know even YouTube. So. Uh, but either way, hope you guys got a copy uh, uh, standing by because we are pressing play in three, two, one, click. And right away we got the 20th Century Fox logo. Boom. And very slowly, I can, if you listen very closely now, I'm pretty sure that Roland Emmerich has put in the Mickey Mouse laugh. <laughs> now, it, it's a joke, guys. It's a ah. joke. Come on. Come on. Because you know, 20th Century Fox. I do like the uh, the the storm clouds yes. that they put in the logo. That's actually pretty cool. And <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I I'm still really mixed about this movie. It's it's okay because <laughs> like I, I think uh, uh, the uh, um, there were some scientists who uh, who called it 
Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie with bogus bogus science. Yes. And you, you know, know, if you it, go it's into been a, it's been a hot minute since I watched this, and I'm actually quite digging the music right now. So yeah, that's the other thing that I that I do remember the uh, the uh, the music, uh, which is actually not bad, especially for you know like a you know a one timer blockbuster. Oh, I forgot Ian Holm is in oh, this. Oh, I mean, what an un just such a talent, such a right? talent. Just can't. <sighs> Rest in peace, man. I mean, I, I like, can't. I, I don't ever watch a movie of his and be like, "Well, I'm mad now." It's like it's always it's an hard. enjoyable time. Yeah, dude. Like he, he, even in like his lesser things, he always <laughs> brings something to the table. Um, and especially in this movie, even like he actually does bring like some credibility to it. it I would because like that's yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you're completely right, but I would like to point out just because, man. Again, I said, it's been a while since I watched this, but this whole opening sequence is CGI, and man, this is holding up for me. Like, yeah, I'm pretty, no kidding. I'm, like, considering this is, what, 16 years ago? Like, yeah, damn, this was man. 2004, man. Uh, yeah, it, and yeah, the CG, because, like, you remember we watched, like, uh, what was it, the, uh, the, the, the CG Twisters and, and yeah. Twister, like... Yeah, the CG didn't hold up, but you know what? The movie's really entertaining, so we're willing to overlook it. This, you're like, oh, that's CGI. And I I think that's just a testament to how far computers came between, like, you know, the mid-90s and the mid-2000s. Yeah. And you know what? Let's be honest. Say what we will about Roland Emmerich's directorial and especially his writing. Give it up to him for his attention to detail for visual effects, because when he does visual effects... Uh, with the exception of the Godzilla movie, which we don't talk about, um, the visual effects are like almost always really good. And even today, like when you look at even like Independence Day, uh, the visual effects really, really hold up. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but of course we can't say a whole lot for his writing because you know, like <laughs> even though he gives us a really cool backdrop of a story and whatnot. Let's be honest, the uh, the, the melodrama and whatnot is just like, it's so corny and just eh. And it, you're, you know, now that you, when you tell, talk about like all those sappy movies for the sake of being sappy, if it wasn't for the epic disaster backdrop that was going on, it, this movie would totally feel like one of those movies. Oh, yeah. Because like the whole romance thing, I'm like... You know, when I was like a teenager, like, oh, this is actually like not bad. And now, and now is when I'm, you know, when I'm closing in on thirty, I'm like, dude, this shit is fucking corny as hell, <laughs> and not, and not in that, you know, really buttery, buttery delicious way either. It's just like fresh off the cob and no effort put into it whatsoever. I do like me some corn. I'm probably gonna have some tonight now. Fuck, I'm so fat. Uh, anyway, here's our first bit where the uh, the looming warnings, because in every disaster film, especially with Roland Emmerich, you got to have those scenes of looming warnings. Um, although what's interesting, I just realized is that because um, usually when we see those warnings, it's usually with like a rando group of people. Like we'll just be introduced to these characters, yeah, and they'll be witnesses to like a disastrous event, like it's usually in an urban setting or whatnot. And then they'll bring in the scientists to explain what's happening, or rather, government officials to bring the our protagonist experts in to whoop, 
there it goes. Um, but they'll bring the government will bring in the our scientific protagonist to explain what the hell's going on. So it's really it's an interesting change of pace where they'll have like no let's have the actual scientists be the ones getting put in danger up front, and this is actually really this trailer shot <laughs> just straight up. We got to get the data, and of course, to fall in with our continuing cliches, we're not sure if he's going to make it, which we know he is. He's got top billing. It's 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 Dennis right. Quaid. He, it's Dennis Quaid, man. He's 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 got top billing. He's fine. Like this shit, he's fine. He's fine, you guys, for real. Now that CGI shot didn't hold up well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but when he saw that, I'm like, that's super green screened. Like, it's when you see that shit, right? There, yeah. I think it's because when you add the human element in yeah. there, you can it just goes away. Yeah. But when it's on its own, it's actually not bad. But when you put a human in there, it's just like, oh, no. You guys had to build our, f the, you had to build our lab literally in the one place where it was going to crack interestingly uh about uh like around a couple years before this uh ice shelf the size they talk about calling this actually did break off oh yeah i, I imagine they totally kind of like just sort of wrote that into the script kind of halfway at the end because yeah i mean lord knows like maybe because this is you know such like a contained scene in and of itself this easily could have been like a reshoot you know a, a last minute reshoot that they added like holy shit that actually did happen let's write that into the script let's like really build on the commentary because um this because really at the end of the day this movie is more of a political commentary film uh at, you know with under the guise of a disaster film and it just has pseudoscience bullshit like the politics are up front and the science gets a heavy steep sidestep yeah because didn't they also have like a couple of paleontologists uh to go and check this out because i think there was actually one dude um that <laughs> apparently he was like a big call like a college professor and whatnot on paleontology uh and he said i will not watch this movie unless someone pays me a hundred bucks minimum <laughs> so they actually gave him the hundred bucks and of course he ripped it apart and i think he called uh, yeah i'm reading the quote here he called uh to it was uh climate science as to frankenstein is to heart heart transplant surgery <laughs> like damn <laughs> and oh yeah hey check it out it's it's uh not dick cheney it's clearly not dick cheney you guys it's not dick Ch <laughs> it's totally dick cheney let's be honest like even even roland emmerich was like yeah i'm not denying i cast uh kenneth walsh here to to be look exactly like dick cheney to <laughs> to criticize the current administration boy don't you miss the days when uh bush was worst president oh oh gosh so much i know right it, like you, you just never expected somebody to be like hold my beer <laughs> it, not just to hold my beer but to do it in such a unprecedented level 
Mm. And of course, now we have Ian Holm again. Any scene he's in, he's always kind of stealing the show. Because um, I also love how you know Dennis Quaid's you know constantly trying to get a cab, and then he just goes literally one shot, whistles and boom, there it is. Because Ian Holm has the magic of the One Ring in his pocket. I mean, to be fair, I'd stop for Ian Holm. <laughs> or I, if I was a cab Damn driver right. and I saw a co- like what looked like a kindly el- older gentleman, I would almost certainly stop for that person, even if I was like, I don't really want to be doing this right now. Yeah. And just and just be like, hey, hey, that on that guy looks a lot like fucking Bilbo. <laughs> and then you walk in there, and he's like, and he's like, oh yes, uh, please to the airport, please. And just like, you know, the strangest thing, you look a lot like Mr. Bilbo Baggins. And he's like, yes, well that is because I am. And he, Sir Ian Holm, how are you? <laughs> oh, I love this bit where th- these guys are just. Just literally kicking back in the lab watching some soccer. Or, <clears throat> excuse me, they're in uh, they're in England, so it's called football. Thank you. Bloody hell. Is that a lot? I don't know, because I'm not a climatologist. <laughs> I really do like these gorgeous vistas they do. I wonder if this was like on actual location. Uh, that that looks rather CGI in the background to me. Probably. I mean, they do got the budget for this kind of shit. And like and like we said, you know, well, despite I, I, the f- I yeah. know I know they used several I mean, I think they used somewhere on close to 100 different visual effects houses to work on this movie. Oh yeah, well I mean now that's just like standard. <laughs> of course back then it was like, you know, kind of a radical thing. Um oh yeah, and then of course we're cutting because like, we got to cut to like, you know, other places, but um yeah, did, you know what I just recently found out about though? Apparently there's a whole subplot with this guy. Um the the guy who's answering his cell phone here. Hmm. Classic diversion from the wife. Oh, this shit is kind of cool. Because, again, like, it's cliched. You know exactly what's coming and whatnot. But it's kind of cool the way Roland Emmerich kind of presents it. You know? It's yeah, it's very Hollywood. But it's entertaining in that aspect. Although I really do want to know what the hell they actually use to drop these on these actors, because when those things impact, they look like they're actually breaking apart and they're not like rubber or anything. So whatever that is, that's that's really good stunt work. Damn. Whatever. Yeah, you're you very right. Whatever they used really worked. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in D.C., Dennis Quaid is having trouble connecting with his son. Womp womp. (laughs) Yeah, because, again, like, you know, anytime, like, it slows down and it's just, like, you know, the character's talking, you can go take a a dump or, you know, tug one out. Like, it's so fucking trivial, to be honest. Like... Because looking back on it, it's just like, oh, man, can't, 
you had a epic back like this epic backdrop and you choose to do this kind of melodramatic shit and it's just like i don't know it's just it just seems so trivial to me when all the more interesting stuff is that going on in the background is just literally being sidelined in the background. Although, you know what was interesting? Because I think I also remember reading that initially um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character was supposed to be played by uh, a couple of kids. Hmm. Like, like, you know, it was like almost like a... Uh, uh, yeah, I even do a, think originally I think the characters were supposed to be like 11. So yeah, they, like they in middle school. Which, you know what? I think that was a big mistake because I'm just thinking about like all these great Spielberg movies with, you know, children protagonists and whatnot. And how cool would it have been to see like this ridiculous level of, you know, severe storms that impacts the entire northern hemisphere and see it through a group of a couple of kids in new york city i mean i i kind of agree but at the same time i think it's a little unrealistic to think that some of the level of what goes on here that they're gonna have the survival uh instincts and knowledge to pull through yeah i mean that's the i mean you can kind of get around with that and just like hand that uh, skill sets to the whatever adults are watching them on their school trip or whatever but it'd just be really nice to see you know these disasters from like a kid's point of view because i remember you know this is i'm i'm uh i'm almost uh 29 or 28 i, I forget how fucking <laughs> anymore well like once you've gotten past 25 you automatically forget what age you are oh constantly. my god that that i'm not angry i'm disappointed i mean the most parental <laughs> stereotypical line ever oh yeah this <laughs> just like come on because again like anytime these characters slow down to talk about whatever they're i don't care just like just wake me up when the torn like the, the massive tornado thing comes up but yeah so like you know uh, when i was like uh, uh i'm i'm almost 30 right now so uh i'm i'm trying to think where the hell i'm going with this uh right um but i would love to see these uh, uh, or rather uh, I, so i'm almost 30 that means like i grew up in the 90s and whatnot i'm one of those millennials and whatnot you just bitch about me whatever but um I started to grow up when, you know, global warming became like a major thing. So, you know, now we're seeing all this extreme weather and and especially in like 2020 with a pandemic and everything. And I've always been looking at the younger kids of our generation and just like trying to imagine what the hell it must be like being a kid and having to deal with the extreme weathers, uh, the pandemic, the civil movements the 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 hatred and all this confusion and whatnot like because even for an adult it's it's i i hate a to lot say to it, take in i almost think it it's easier and and the reason i say this is this is kind of like it, it's like establishing your baseline you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they're that's dealing cool with shot. this from you know a young age and from so long that's like it's kind of their normal um yeah. You know, I, I've talked about it before. It's like, you know, I was, I want to say, I think I was 14, 15 when mm -hmm. uh, Columbine happened. 
Yeah. And then, yeah. And a sh- you know, and then like school shootings became a norm. So that was, you know, the, this intensity while I was still in school. Then 9-11 happened. And yeah. yeah. Then, and it know, never got better. <laughs> right. It's just like, um, and, you know, and then like shortly after I graduated, the economy tanked. And, yep. you know, yep. it's just like every step of the way. It's like there's just this escalating level of like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like the bar keeps going up for how awful things are. If the, yeah. I, and so I think it's kind of like if you're growing up and the bar is already there, there's a lot of room for improvement. So it's mm-hmm. like things might get better, but you're also kind of used to that level. When you keep having to adjust to higher levels of crap, it's like, oh, man, like this is just daunting. Yeah, it, there's there's a lot of turbulence. And speaking of turbulence, this sequence is really cool. But just to kind of tie in what you've been saying for the last couple of minutes, how amazing would all of those feelings, thoughts, and ideas have been if they were present in this movie? You know, like through the pr- pr- like the eyes of a kid who have just been seeing the world literally getting torn apart by this kind of extreme weather and see that there's only one place to go but up that'd be really cool to be honest like it'd be a nice little addition to the commentary that they were already on the path for so yeah that'd be really cool oh okay so how many times have we had this moment in a theater where they're just like holy shit that was intense and I do, li- I do like this little motion here where she has to flex her hand. Apparently, uh, according to production people on the set, <laughs> like the first day they were on set together, she just full on like went off and French kissed them. I mean, so, I mean, you, I, I guess a good way to break the ice. I mean, you, well, I mean, remember that Kate Winslet straight up just flashed Leo DiCaprio on Titanic when, when we mentioned but, that. Yeah, but that also makes more sense when you found out the first scene they were actually shooting together was the damn drawing scene. So that's very true. But either way, I mean, if you were, if you were, because like Emily Rossum's like a fine-looking woman, uh, and if you were co-starred with Jake Gyllenhaal, who is also damn fine-looking, I mean, <laughs> I kind of would have be honest if i was in her shoes i probably would have done the same thing <laughs> good to know and your once again yeah. <laughs> hey man so long as you're into it like that's all but yeah hey, right no here judgment. I, I'm, I'm just i'm just saying <laughs> man oh, it's like shit. Now, I know, not... I, now i know the kind of guys yeah <laughs> oh shit not one not two but three buoys offline that's really bad <laughs> But no, seriously, like Ian Holm kind of makes those scenes. Oh yeah. And along and along with you know again, Roland Emmerich, he's not a great director, but or it's, it's, he's certainly not a good writer. <laughs> let's be honest. But he the way he directs it and builds the tension, it's still really entertaining. It just kind of I don't know how it works, but it just kind of does. It's 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 it's, it's I I think it's because of you know the really cool effects that are on display and just the sense of scale that they pre- present here like this this shit Dude, with- if if i ever went outside and i saw that 
Like, I am going to go crack open the most expensive bottle of whiskey I have because I know it's about time to kiss my ass goodbye. <laughs> and that's just where, where you're like, oh, hell no. Nah. Now, of course, this whole thing right here where it's just like they're setting shit up here. Because later on when they're like, because when it cuts to anything, time it cuts away to something, you're like, well, that's going to come back somehow. Because later on, they're like, the wolves, they're gone. <laughs> Which is exactly how he reads it, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it actually gets, because uh, this this whole movie is so silly. It's silly. It's it's dumb. And, you, you know, now that, and now, yeah, now that you mention it, I really do want to see Matt and Trey's ver puppet version. Because at least I think it, they would be willing to embrace the silliness a little bit more. And I, and if they probably did that, they would also probably include that amazing uh, penis graph joke <laughs> that they did in their South Park episode. Because, man, that shit was fucking funny. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> oh, boy, George, suddenly on, on the music track. It's like, oh, my. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, so... Did, did you notice that uh, uh, it, it, you just missed it, but um, did you notice what uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, name tag said? Yoda, bitch. I know, right? <laughs> Not bitch, just Yoda, but. <laughs> I, I guess they chose that because, you know, Yoda's fucking just all-knowing and intelligent, so therefore it seems appropriately nerdy, I guess. And, of course, as we all, all are probably aware uh, Roland Emmerich is apparently like a huge diehard Star Wars fan. Who is it? Uh, right? I mean, shit, dude. So much Star Wars recently. Like, I'm still getting off my highs of the Mandalorian, man. It's been it's been almost a, a month and a half since that aired for for all y'all out there. But man, I'm still riding those highs. It's great. But anyway, enough about Star Wars. Oh. As much as I'd like to keep talking about that. Uh, Washington, yeah, that that actually right there, I'm pr where you know we see Capitol Hill being flanked by a bunch of lightning strikes. I'm pretty sure that was Trump's uh, 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 Biden propaganda. <laughs> like this is what's gonna happen when Biden and Kamara t Kamala take the White House. So <laughs> just. <laughs> You know, I'm actually kind of amazed he didn't use any footage from this in any of his stupid propaganda shit. Oh, and of course we have, like, focus! <laughs> so, oh, man, that, that, that always drove me nuts a little bit. But granted, I know they're working in low light, but shit, dude. Um... But yeah, that's uh, get, uh, one more. We always got to have another uh, um, late night phone call between two scientists of the dread that's coming ahead. <laughs> Man. You're really really trying to stretch our logic because, like, look, I'll go with you in other disaster movies where they reference the dinosaurs and how they got wiped out with, like, a meteor. I'll go with that, but I'm having a really hard time with the second Ice Age happening in a matter of a few weeks. 
Uh, well, first off, it's not second. Uh, the Earth has actually had multiple ice ages. And actually, by scientific records for the occurrence of ice ages and how often they've occurred, we're actually theoretically about 10,000 years overdue. Welp. Um, wow, okay, so now I really wish I was recording this in my bathroom so I could effectively <laughs> take a shit, because... Yeah, man. It just goes to show, when you look at the history of the Earth, like, yeah, we've definitely had an impact on it, but make no mistake, we are nothing but a cold on, like, that has infected a much larger being that can and will shake us off and be just fine being the planet. Yeah. All right, now, it might have just been the lighting, but for some of these shots, the uh, the guy in the, uh, the, the news office... Um, for just a few shots, and again, I know it's just the lighting, but I could have sworn that was like a younger Will Arnett. <laughs> I wish it was, actually. How amazing would that have been? Just to have like a fucking BoJack Horseman cameo. Because <laughs> Will Arnett is like really delightful, and I'm really, really a big fan of his, uh, a lot of his, uh, his work. Not anymore, they're not. Okay, so this whole sequence, this sequence is fucking cool. I don't care who you are, but, like, having um, Los Angeles be ripped apart by uh, just, like, a shitload of tornadoes all at once, it's fucking cool to look at. But uh, I'm actually curious. Uh, you think we'll, be, we'll probably see, be seeing tornadoes in Los Angeles sometime? Because at this rate, after 2020... And all the insane things and all the weird weather that we've seen. You know, actually, tornadoes in, in Los Angeles, that wouldn't really be all that shocking. All I eh. imagine is <laughs> all I imagine is there's going to be a lot of more day after tomorrow memes. I mean That's going to be the most significant thing. All I know is we've seen enough fires in LA. Oh my god, can you imagine one of those uh inferno tar tornadoes that you see? Like, cause you, you, cause I've seen some pictures of them and they're fucking terrifying. So you can only imagine what, you know, just imagine LA on fire, but now being ripped apart by multiple tornadoes. That's that. Now that would be a really cool disaster movie. Oh no. And of course, you know, Roland Emmerich has to feed into his fetish of tearing down, uh, famous landmarks. And, you know, I just realized that image of the tornado shredding up the uh, Hollywood sign. Isn't that a... Someone needs to meme that. That needs to be 2020 and just label label the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the tornado as 2020 as it rips away the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I would never get out of my car like... I have survived hitting trees at 70 miles an hour in a modern car. Stay mm -hmm. in your car. Hope it saves you. Even if you get sucked up, you might yeah. live. Uh, or just hit a ditch. And buckle up. Seriously, buckle up. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that one moment, there was that when he, when that guy tells the, uh, the, uh, the one guys to stop videotaping getting shelter. 
I'm actually really glad that they kept that in there. That's actually really. By the way, why does everybody in every disaster movie want to destroy the Capitol Records building? (laughs) Probably because they're they have they've been done dirty a lot of shitty uh, record deals. That's probably why. It's kind. I bet that's like a low key Hollywood, you know, beef. But uh, although this this sequence is fucking cool. Well, we see the, uh, the the TV anchor, the dude guy, like just throws the the uh, the newspaper away from the camera. But those vi- those visual effects are fucking cool. And then, of course, this bit right here where it's coming, not with the come on, because you see it in all the trailers and all the promos. And yeah, it's dumb, it's corny, but it's also really scary and fucking cool this this shit right here where he's like talking about like it's a horrific nightmare only it's the real thing and then he gets taken out by the boom billboard. that was fucking cool that's but you know what cool. there were, you, no blood spatter like none. yeah come on well, remember we got flat. come on we yeah but we got to maintain a pg-13 rating and whatnot and like it we had we got we can't go over the top i bet they did have that initially in the mpas like you gotta take that out. Like, you have the VFX people take that out. But uh, I do like this moment right here. This is fucking cool. Just the way they present it thematically, with the uh, the one janitor, and this this moment. This feels like the opening to a really badass trailer. Right. You know, because <laughs> if you imagine like it just fades in in a world, and it just. Yeah, he opens the door with that beautiful glory lighting and how it cuts to that. That is fucking cool. Yeah. Because the presentation, right on the nose. The writing, the science, eh, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> don't really care. <laughs> oh, shit, man. But yeah, I really wouldn't be too shocked if uh, Los Angeles was devastated by a tornado or anything at this point honestly it just feels like another walk in the park (laughs) there's a lot of trailer moments in this movie i just realized like what do you think we should do and you know the guy gets taken out and you know we got to stop before it's too late you know just man the trailer, you can imagine like being the uh, the editor for the trailers for watching movies like this and be like, damn, this shit just makes itself. <sighs> so I'm actually curious, uh, um, just because, you know, obviously it's slowing down because they got to figure things out. And again, when it slows down, it's, it's again, it's not interesting. It's not good science and it's not really good melodrama, let's be honest. But uh, I'm curious where you put this movie uh, in relation to, like, other disaster movies. Um, I mean, for me, it, it doesn't quite hold up just because it's not bad by any means. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's better developed characters in his later ones, like, you know, 2012, which we earlier did. Yeah, 2012 Uh, actually had really good characters. And, you know, then there's... I don't know. It's like for so many disaster movies, 
the disaster is the backdrop for a better story. And I just don't see that better story existing here. It yeah. really is just the disaster. So uh, for me, it doesn't do a whole lot. You know, that's one of the reasons, not so much a disaster movie, but like, um, you know, Independence Day is delightful because it has a really good story and this human element. It's done in a perfect three-act style while still having this awesome destruction. Yeah. It's that balance between the two. Yeah, when you say balance, you, I think you actually finally hit the number on what this movie was missing for me, is that uh, Independence Day was always described to me as the absolute peak perfection of balance between quality and camp, you know? And that's what this movie's missing. Like, it's leaning a little bit too close to, to quality and not really delivering. If this movie mm. was a little bit campier... Maybe this is why we need the Trey and Matt version, right? You guys like because I know that they wouldn't take this shit as nearly as seriously. Because if they're and, gonna, you know, do this word for word, they would obviously do it in a very, a very mocking voice. And oh my well, god, and, you know. Well, and what's so funny is like I'm watching this movie, and don't get me wrong, like nobody's delivering bad performances. No, but they're like, not. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm from this time. I know who these character actors are, and I can almost look at every one of them and be like. Well, you could be replaced with this person now, or this person now, or this. Yeah, it's like no one is so unique and fantastic in their performance, with possibly the exception of you know, like Ian Holm in this movie. That yeah. they you can't just recast it now and redo this entire movie. So yeah, for like, real. It's like you didn't even like oh, man. bring in top tier like character over the top people to like make you care exactly no. like dude so. you gotta have in movies like this you gotta have like a really strong choice and oh man i'm sorry like because again i'm the kid in this this role here like it, it's fine and whatever like it, but just like dude you're really cheap here playing this the cancer kid sympathy card here yeah like yeah. this is that's really fucking cheap um, and then, of course, like this whole bit where he's like, dude, you haven't slept in like 24 hours. Get some sleep. Like, do you ever really get the sense that he's overworked? <laughs> like, I really never got the sense. Like, it, it was well, always. Like, well, it's I, I, almost I, like, what What are your model? Like, what does it matter if your models are right or wrong? Like, they're the closest ones that currently exist. Nobody else has anything else. Like, at this point, with what you are seeing go down with how much the disasters hit mm -hmm. uh what can possibly change from you changing your model mm -hmm. now that whole banter bit that, that they just had like where he's like is he always this this on edge yes and he's like does he ever lighten it no like i want more characterization like that that yeah. shit kind of is memorable when you really play it up and like kind of you know, have a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek performance, I guarantee you, you will have a stronger connection to these characters because, again, they're just so... They're just bland at the end of the day. I'm sorry. Right. Because, again, the actors aren't bad in it. It's just the <laughs> writing and direction. Because Roland does... You know, the, you know, maybe they this movie should have been, like, co-directed by someone else. Like, Roland Emmerich can handle... Like, you know, the the classic uh, uh, disaster stuff and, you know, the big scale epic stuff and the visual effects like that's the that's the shit that he's good at. 
but somewhat like there needs to be a really character driven you know uh, uh director well, in here for this kind of shit well what i find so hilarious about this scene it's like you're on the atlantic coast dc yeah. is not that far from new york do you really think there's going to be that much of an impact difference that short of a coastline away i know right for real also, I want to see more of that shit. The, uh, the, 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 like the massive buying and shit like that. Cause that's the stuff that we know now. Like, you know, and we always saw people grabbing water bottles and whatnot. But interestingly enough, we never see a whole lot of people grabbing a shitload of toilet paper. Cause now, like after, you know, the, uh, what happened uh, last April, now we know that's exactly how it happened. And the, apparently the I'll, only one who I'll... really got it right. Was right, Mike along, Judge. along with all the yeast and baking products. Yes. Yes. Oh, and of course, you know, fucking our classic, uh, uh, well, uh, what do you call it? It was the, uh, the classic, uh, um, uh, disconcerned Republican <laughs> as, uh, I think may, uh, Matt and Trey, cause I just watched the, uh, the day the day after tomorrow uh south park episode oh and of course <laughs> this right here that is still one of the most blatantly obvious trailer <laughs> moments i've seen in movies like holy shit they literally have to stop the whole thing like they had we had an entire scene like we've got to stop this or it's too late and then we got to say pretty much a sum up of exactly what we just said for the last two minutes of the scene, only louder and more dramatic just for the trailer. This was actually a really cool little um, way to build it up and where the, like, you know, it, indicating it froze instantly because it still had food in its mouth. Like, that's actually a really cool little way to work it in. Just very, very, well, I guess I can't say subtly, but... It works. By, by, by the way, can we talk about the fact that uh, Emmy got this role because Lindsay Lohan dropped out because of? Oh yeah, can you imagine how, if Lindsay what, Lohan? How was weird this? would this movie have been had it been a Lindsay Lohan movie? I don't know. I don't know. I like like you know Lindsay Lohan gets like a weird rep, but as like an actress, like yeah, she she's fine. She does her job. I I really can't you know speak too too harshly about her her acting abilities at all I, I think i'm of a different age where i did not see any of her childhood stuff mm -hmm. like i was too old for like her you know more kid and teen oriented movies so really the only stuff i've seen her do is the absolute train wreck stuff of like when she was supposed to be an adult actress hmm. once again ian holm just owning it he does it's it's great because what the the stuff that he does that's really great is great because of how little he really does just for sure he's yeah just these tiny little things that speak so much things so much louder in volumes than any of the ex exposition would although his exposition stuff is easily some of the best that i've uh, in the movie He's sort of like Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future. Like, yeah, he's just spouting, like, nothing but expositionary dialogue. Right. But it's fucking interesting, and it's entertaining, and he's into it, so you're into it. That's a cool shot, though. The, the whole fucking eye of the storm and whatnot. And, of course, this is, 
this like would never happen like even at like the uh coldest recorded in history like this this kind of cold would never happen that people would just freeze instantly um because you need a lot uh quicker transference of uh heat but regardless of that this is really cool just the visual effects with the ice oh yeah I mean, again, it looks cool. This is not at all realistic, but it looks cool. Yes. Which is, it's... you know, there's the tagline for the movie. It looks cool. It's not realistic, but it looks and cool. It's, and it's really dramatically interesting. Like, you know, a, a helicopter's fr uh, crashing because the the uh, the fuel lines froze, and they froze to death before they could even get out. This is fucking cool, where they just... He just takes a, a breath, and then... Chill out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Can what? Okay, so wait. So this was two thousand. Yeah, dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger was totally governor. How cool would it have been if he cameoed in this? <laughs> Literally just. Or even better, they just have someone watching Batman and Robin in the background. <laughs> like how amazing that would have been. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Because <laughs> they're totally talking about the dinosaurs. Like, why didn't they do It was right there! It was right there! And what, Okay, so granted, this is a 20th Century Fox thing. So, you know, and Batman's a Warner Brothers property. Fine, whatever. But they could have gotten a loan from that. Just for that, like, that one little clip. That would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, you know, they totally had fucking arnold schwarzenegger or not arnold schwarzenegger in 2012 you remember that yep that was fucking that was fucking oh it was so i, I still it's say almost it was like so he realized weird. he missed his chance here and wanted to still do it <laughs> well it's it's also still weird because remember that was just like a, a look-alike actor in 2012 and not arnold himself which i still like dude you, like this is 2009 you couldn't have like paid the dude in like just a few minutes because he would have been showing up for like 10 minutes you know, it would have been like a, a half-hour shoot, man. It would have been super easy, but whatever. I digress. Um, <laughs> God, because I'm just trying to think of like a whole bunch of other stuff to make this movie a lot better. Because there's so you much know, potential you could have here. You, you know? know what's really interesting? What's that? Like, oh, that's fucking cool. Until watching this movie, because it's been a while since I've watched this movie. So watching it right now, it's just like, oh, I guess she was working before Shameless. Oh. <laughs> oh man that's a deep well cut. she's just become so associated with that show yeah very true it's it, it's it's uh, i call it the tim robbins effect um you see tim robbins in pretty much anything but all you see is andy dufresne <laughs> yeah then mm. again i don't know i've i've always been a fan of cadillac man okay that's fair that that one's pretty good but you know, I'm looking at plastic. this. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at this whole scenario like when just like a group of kids stuck together in an apartment or in New York in general watching, you know, fucking Fox News about how the world's going up in in waves and in the storm and whatnot. And imagine like, a time where you could still watch Fox News and expect accurate reporting. Oh my God! Right. Like I said, it, it's so strange that in here in 2021 that i now say that 
God, I miss the Bush era. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but there's so much dramatic potential for me when, you know, you have these, just these kids stuck together in the middle of, like, the most, in the worst storm in the history of mankind. Like, how interesting of a movie is that? Because it's, it's sort of like the Brett the breakfast club but with like an epic disaster film in the background <laughs> oh really i'm serious like you could actually it's just have you ever had like a when because i get bored a lot too often because you know 2020 quarantine really does that to you <laughs> and whatnot but um have you ever had like a scenario run into your head where you're just stuck with like a couple of friends through like a giant snowstorm where you get uh pummeled in by like like 15 feet of snow or something like that and you're just like man what would that be like how would i survive what what would it be like like the social construct and how would how would we sleep and how would we you know just like live or attempt to survive i mean i i don't know that i've necessarily thought about that in so much of the context of like friends and other people but mm. i've thought about it in the kind of context of like do okay. i want to live through an apocalypse or am i just going to be like nero with his fiddle Good point. Hang on one sec, because this, this line here, this line read here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't take that seriously. It's so, like, it's, I wish the movie was like, that's the, I feel like that, was that actually just Matt and Trey Parker be like, the wolves, they're gone. It feel that, that shit feels more accurate to a South Park episode. Although this this cut right here is really cool with the lightning. That's fucking cool. I always <laughs> like, ooh, that's that's fucking neat. But yeah, I was uh, um watching this movie always made me think like, man, what if there was like a giant storm that ripped through the entire northern hemisphere? Like, man, what well, how would I be like surviving through this? Like, Cuz to me, that's making a much more interesting movie. Of just, you yeah. know, a small couple of characters stuck in, like, a lockdown trying to weather the storm. There's a lot more potential you think you could get. It would be a very uh, character-driven movie. Maybe maybe someone should make a fan film of this. Where it's it's basically in this universe and it takes place during this storm. But it's literally just a couple of characters trying to survive in, like, you know, Chicago or Canada or wherever. Yeah. Okay, now, this is something right here where it bothered me for years. I don't know if this bothered you, but these guys just come out of fucking nowhere. Literally, like, the camera is, like, tracking one way with our main characters and then tracks the other way with these guys. And you're like, who the hell are these people? Why do we care? Why, like, what is, what, what is this? I mean, is this just to set up the whole, you know, the bus driver hearing the wave coming at the... Uh, at new york with the radio is that all that it's setting up like but no apparently that's like an entire subplot of the movie that just got cut how strange is that like apparently there was this whole subplot about him the dude in asia and there was like an embezzlement thing and it was supposed to be just some sleazy new york slime balls who get killed in there and they just like fuck it we're gonna cut this for time and because it's not interesting <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna cut these New York slime balls in favor of our stupid melodrama romance bullshit. Oh, this this shot's really fucking cool. So I love the fact that 
The director even admitted that a water surge like this would topple that statue, but yeah. he kept it in because he thought it looks better to have that icon being submerged. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lady Liberty would like a word with you right now, because um, not just the physics, but the the your your metaphor. I I admire the metaphor. Um, although there is something very interesting about this movie that did legit scare me um, as a teenager when I watched this for the first time. I have this vivid, vivid memory of uh, that. Dude, these fucking wide shots are so fucking cool to look at. I don't care who you are. Um, and these now, buildings some of that CGI toast. is not the best, but... <laughs> no, but it looks cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and plus, like, let's be honest, some of these buildings would totally get, like, toppled over. Like, I hate to say it, but Deep Impact kind of did this sequence a little bit better <laughs> in a weird way, or at least the, the physics interaction, like the CG aged much worse than this movie, but, uh, you know, that was 97, so whatever. Um, but still, it's still kind of cool to look at. Like, these d big, wide disaster shots, they're fucking cool. Let's be honest. Like, that's it's to the point where you wish they were the star of the show. And you know what? I think that's the big lesson that Roland Emmerich took from 2012 is that he's like, you know what? I'm going to make the disaster sequences be the real star of this movie. And the characters are just kind of over the top and there. 2012 is a weird improvement on the day after tomorrow. And this is also the biggest bullshit sequence, right? Because that wave right there. Okay, she's dead now. Yeah. She's dead now. She is dead now. You're dead. Okay, let's see how long this goes. We, we, let's see. We're at 25, 50, 27, 28, 29, 50, 50 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. So, 10 seconds. 15 seconds she, yeah, she no, should have been dead yeah. she should have been dead like a minute ago still going good god look how slow they're moving in that yeah. thick water like dude come on nope you're get you're all dead you're dead you're all dead and also love how they got how did they get halfway up the stairs that quick right right Dude, you have to go all the way out into the lobby and up the stairs past a group of frantic, frightened human beings. They're dead. <laughs> that sequence, albeit it looks cool, but it's still bullshit. Because, <laughs> and, and you know what? I guess that's why this movie works in a nutshell. Is that, look, this is bullshit, but it still answers yes to a very important question in these kinds of movies. Is it cool? <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying about the Statue of Liberty, uh, there is a vivid memory that I have uh, when I was in grade school. This is like first, second grade. Uh, I remember reading in one of our text, er, science textbooks that if uh, the theoretic, if in theory the uh, if the polar ice caps all melted, uh, the the uh, the oceans would rise to the point where it would be up to the face in the Statue of Liberty. Whew. And they even had an artist's rendering of that image. 
And for some reason, that was burned into my my head for the longest time. So when this movie came out and did that for real, that's where I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and now, after all the kind of weird, crazy weather that we've seen now, I'm really like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is the point where I just take a sip of whiskey. Oh, I don't yeah. think a sip's going to do it. Yeah, I need a bottle. <laughs> but hey, look, yeah, I will give it this. For all the bullshit pseudoscience, at least they have good graphics. For That's, the time. Yeah, for the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, and also I'm wondering wh uh, where all the other uh, Eye of the Storms are supposed to be. Because apparently, according to the rules of this movie, like, the Eye of the Storm is the most deadly because that's where it's, like, uh, the 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 uh, super cool vortex happens. Right, yeah. So, again, I'm more interested in seeing what else would happen uh, in some of these other, other areas because... Let's be honest, like, you know, it's it's the whole America has to save the world and whatnot. Um, it's actually getting kind of annoying <laughs> these days because especially after the last administration, we're like, dude, if we were tasked for destroying the world, the world is fucked. Because we kind of already were there. <laughs> Let's be honest. So it'd be actually really nice if, like, I don't know, like somewhere like India or Japan was tasked with saving the world in one of these disaster movies one of these days maybe we'll get right there. We'll, we'll probably get there i mean that that's a much more i would say original take than a lot of this stuff i've seen yeah and the only reason why we haven't seen it is because you know america number one represent and whatnot well i mean um, it might be out there it just may not have you know come over here yet i mean i haven't looked into it too deeply myself and there you go they're probably out there. It's just that um, even if it is made, they n no international movie will ever have the budget of these Hollywood movies. Maybe you know, a say, Bollywood. Look, I'm sorry you say that, but that's not always necessary. I mean, when you look at action movies, the live action Gantz movies yeah, were made true. for a fraction of what American action movies are made of, yet they're amazing. So yeah. I'm sorry, big budget doesn't always make better movie. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying that that's probably why we haven't seen a disaster film or an international uh, uh, disaster film on this level of scale, you know? But I thought there was an international disaster movie. Wasn't The Great Wall an international disaster? <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about that too much, though. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, dude, see all this like where they're all like all these people stuck in a library. There's a lot of character-driven drama to be done, and they give us the shittiest, lowest co de common denominator kind of uh, drama possible. Like, oh, does he? Does, I don't know if she likes me or not. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Like, I really want to get more into like, well, man, what's what's what it must be like. It would be amazing if, like, uh, uh, you know, you had a couple of, like, office workers working in New York or wherever, and they were trapped by this storm and whatnot, and they all hated each other, and they have to, um, and they, it turns into, like, this weird 
uh, domestic Mad Max kind of thing going on, <laughs> where it turn, they they're like cult factions of each individual buildings. Only instead of desert uh, motorist landscapes, it's all just ice. Right. Man, that'd be interesting. There's so much more interesting things to do when you have a uh, a, sto- a a bullshit pseudoscience storm that. Uh, uh, bashes the entire upper hemisphere of the the planet. Right. Like there, you, you can do a lot more creative things than just like boring melodrama. I don't know. It's just no. I mean, I agree. It's like they. It's like you need to humanize the people, but there's they they could have done it in a better way. Mm-hmm. And there's a few like nice little character things here where you know Dennis Quaid talks about. The kid, when he's like, well, one more daddy, just like, things are, yeah, things like this are, they're they're sweet. Like, when you have, and you can go serious and not over the top, so long as you have, like, a really good foot in with humanity, you know? And not just, like, movie humanity. Um, Because, you know, you see a lot of these movies that, are that have these you know big emotional moments or these moments that try to have like a poignant uh emotional connection or anything and it just feels like a rehash of something else you've seen in another movie and not something you would find in real life per se and it becomes like this weird dim echo of an effect and it feels hollow so that's that's just my thoughts I mean, I agree, but. Okay, now here's another thing that I really got pissed off in this movie. Is, like, uh, this water is fucking freezing, right? And Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to, you know, maintain a contact with his dad. And the water's coming in, and he, he just might drown. And meanwhile, his not-girlfriend is just, like, just standing by. Yep. Not trying to help or anything, because it's it's. Yeah. It, I mean, it's when he goes under and whatnot. Like, yeah, that's dramatic and whatnot. But um, when it cuts back to her just kind of waiting, and then he comes up and he's like, "Oh my god, I thought you drowned." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks for helping." <laughs> right, and like on top. Yeah, of right that, here. On top of that, it's just like, yeah, this shit right now, here. He's now wet. He is now wet. And it's about to become freezing on a level you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to get dry enough between then and now to survive? Yeah, thanks for the fucking help, bitch. I don't think I like you anymore. Because, <laughs> dude, for real, like, man. They gotta make. This is why you get why ladies get mad at like uh, um, boring female leads. Right. I would have had an infinite amount more respect for that character if she just literally just you know like threw off her sweater and and dived in to try and save him. I would have had a lot more respect there, but nah, nah. Just gotta wait and see. Um. And of course, now this also begs the question: Like, where's all this wardrobe? Actually, like, I know it's does, a coat no, room. No, this does make sense. It's not just a coat room. 
But it's uh, how many people forget to pick up their coats from places? How many accumulate over time? Mm. Like, I, I have to imagine a place like New York, people forget, and they probably have a rather somewhat lengthy process before they donate them or something. Okay, that's okay. But I really so hope I actually, they wash them. For, well, yeah, but for a city the size of New York, I buy this. Okay, you know, yeah, that's fair. For, like, the New York Public Library, that makes sense. Although I just really hope someone washed that jacket because it's also fucking New York and God knows where that shit's been. <laughs> but do you really feel a homeless person is going to be the kind of person checking a coat? Uh, it, it really depends. I mean, I honestly, would just imagine if I was homeless, I'd be so paranoid in my possessions. I wouldn't check shit. I, you know what? Maybe it wasn't intentional. Like someone stole it from a homeless man, and it wound up there. Dude, what expect kind of scumbags. He steal from the it's homeless. It's New York, man. <laughs> like, I knew expect, that was gonna be a response. Expect anything, man. New, it's New York. Bork, bork, bork. And that's the other thing. You always in these big disaster <laughs> movies. <laughs> In these big disaster movies, you always got to have a fucking dog, don't you? <sighs> that, that is like a, a common, like, recurring thing. So I didn't see, you know, for obvious reasons, I didn't see uh, um, Roland Emmerich's uh, Godzilla movie. But did you? You never did? We don't talk no? about that. Okay. I did not see it, and we don't talk about it. Well, yeah, well, I'm just curious, like, because I know there's a dog in 2012 I know there's a dog in Independence Day. There's a dog in this movie. Was there a dog in Godzilla? I for, I wasn't. I don't know. Probably. I didn't see that one. I, I guess you know if any of you listeners are out there, just leave it in the comics. Like there totally was a dog. Because like honestly, if that's like a Roland Emmerich like cliche, like I'll, I'm here for it. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, this is a really cool image. Even with how deep the water is there, I don't think it's necessarily that well. Maybe it's that deep at this point. I don't know. I don't the point is it still answers a very uh uh important question for these types of movies. Is it cool? <laughs> and again, and you know what? I I I'll, I'll say yeah, that's that's actually kind of cool. Like you never see you know a, a a fucking uh freighter ship moving down like 5th Avenue or wherever. And this is really cool. I I'd like to. Th I still like to think uh, that's the same bus that we saw earlier oh, yeah. with the, the yeah. dudes, and you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> which is fucking cool. Um, how amazing would it have been if they had like their CG dead bodies just right? Like, I was in, thinking the like... same thing. <laughs> I guess again, that's probably for the uh, uh, the R rated cut that they were like, and eh, no, sorry, MPAA is like, no, that's too intense, like. You're going to get an R rating and studios like you better not fucking get an R rating because this movie costs, you know, a fucking hundred million dollars and we can't cover that shit. So I, we got to get like all the viewers in as possible. <laughs> so Florida's out. <laughs> right because <laughs> like dude for real like, it, it really is kind of amazing that florida is still technically a peninsula right now yeah for considering all the hurricanes and all the disasters sinkholes. and sinkholes and of course the ever popular florida man 
It's kind of amazing that thing just hasn't already sunken into the ocean already. <laughs> I still really wish that... Because did, did you ever see the uh, the South Park parody uh, of Day After Tomorrow? No, but you, you told it. You just it's, talked it's, about it at the beginning. I, I know. It's, it, I, I can't stress how fucking funny that joke was. <laughs> and again, it, it appears again later in the episode. Oh, my... See, this is... Uh, if if South Park wasn't such a long running series, and along with thousands of other series that we do, um, man, how, I I would love to do like television series on on this show in the future. If it's just that it takes right. way too much time, uh, as fun as that would be, and that's probably and so for any. Uh, of like the four listeners out there be like oh man dude why don't hey tim why don't you ever do like tv shows like what can't you do like fucking breaking bad or uh, mandalorian or something really cool like dude i would love to it's just it takes up so much time and energy and of course there's only like so many slot times in in a given year We should have listened! We should have listened! <laughs> That's also another thing from the South Park episode. They're just constantly chanting, We didn't listen! We're all gonna die! It's global warming! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this movie... Also, it's kind of amazing how... Because uh, usually um, in these movies, uh, the president would be a more, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, he's a more forward character in the movie. Yeah. Like, because uh, like, we had, you know, fucking Bill Pullman as the amazing president from uh, uh, Independence Day, even though it was super stupid of him to be be like the actual flight leader in right. the attack um but uh it, we also had like you know really good performance by danny glover in 2012 as the president yeah. but you know like uh uh fucking uh perry king just kind of gets side glanced as the uh, the president in this movie and instead he gets to uh you know kenneth walsh the vice president uh is most uh, or is a uh uh the pre is more of a side character in this movie than the actual president but i think that's only because uh, yeah i love that shit i, I will um, say though i mean yeah. i haven't had the 12 but belvini as a brand is quite good i've had the 21 and my gosh that that's oh a bad jesus <laughs> jesus well, yeah, this is this is kind of where I imagine I would be in a desert. Because again, you know, this I is said the thing. exact same thing. If I saw birds flocking like that, I'm gonna go open my nicest bottle of whiskey and be like, "Cheers, world!" Bye. <laughs> For real. Um, but uh, actually, no. You know how? Again, this it would be another more interesting movie if it just focused on the survival of these guys here, just like trying to telecommute their information to you know scientists all over the world while trying to survive themselves to the point where they actually like eat each other and whatnot. Well, I'm also like, <laughs> they have so much paper in there. Fire time. Like, come on. Yeah, dude, for real. Like 
so just start burning it, man. I mean, worst case scenario, you die from monoxide poisoning, but that's better. Like, I mean, I don't know. You're going to go out warm and dizzy as opposed to like popsicle. Yeah. I mean, although then again, you could argue since they freeze almost instantly, it wouldn't be nearly as bad. But I don't, yeah. either way, the, the fucking science in this is so bogus anyway. <laughs> so because like you'll freeze to death so long as you're not relatively near fire. And also, like, w I just realized, so if it's really this cold out and whatnot, wouldn't all the pipes and sewers and lines all have been frozen? So where the hell are they getting their water? That's, all, that's, that's again, it doesn't really, I don't, the movie really doesn't have to answer that kind of shit. Because, you know, um, the human body can only go so long without water. How and where are you going exactly? Dude, for real. <laughs> also, also when okay, so Jake Gyllenhaal's character got vital information from the gov from a government source about this whole thing. Immediately, he was he didn't just jump up because he's like all because his reaction was like, "We shouldn't go. We we really shouldn't." I'm like, dude, fucking just get up and start yelling. Because you took it, that, you could have saved thirty seconds of time, man. Also, seriously, people, where the hell are you going? Okay, look, guys, if you want to go out and get fucking supplies and then come back to the library, fine. Do that now before the snow gets too deep. That's a logical idea. But where the hell are these people going? You know, I'm going to be real honest here. You don't have supplies. Uh, guess what? Paper is edible. It ain't, it ain't pleasant, but it's edible. And you have snow. You're fine. You have fuel, you have food, you have water. Live. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, like, for real, these people are going out, and I'm like, where are you going? Yeah, no, like, really, I mean, really. like, do you know how, like, how bad the wind is going to cut you when you're on the bridges trying to get mm -hmm. off the island? Screw yeah. that. Dude, just hunker down, man. Starting to just... Just get get under a lot of blankets and fucking cuddle, man. <laughs> For real, this is no time to be to be self conscious or uh, uh, to uh, to be shy about these things. Just get under a blanket, yep. and get uh, next to the fire and fucking cuddle. It's like it's good. Deal with the reality in front of you. Like, come on. It just really, it just utterly perplexes me. Like, all these people want to go out to where? 
for real. Like how far? Right. Like if you had an actual plan, like if you knew a place where you had like in town where you had everything you needed and you felt that was higher up, but like insulated inside, not near windows and you felt you could write it out. Sure. Go for it. But like your plan is to walk off the island of Manhattan in a snowstorm to where? Dude, yeah, right. Really, where where are you gonna go, Queens? Yeah, exactly. How is Queens any better than than Manhattan right now? And why are these people not wearing gloves? I know, for real. Like, dude, fingers are exceptionally perceptive to the cold. I mean, I actually uh, uh, lost feeling in uh, my big toes, or at least the tips of them, uh, due to uh, a, a small bout of frost nip. I've been there. I, I got some frostbite on uh, the toes of uh, I th one of my feet when I was about 14, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is uh, uh, interesting and almost laughable nowadays where it's like a whole reversal of U.S. Right. wanting to get into Mexico and whatnot. And this shit was shot on the actual Mexican border. So, boys, that's that, <laughs> that's really interesting. And that is actually filmed on the Rio Grande. Yep. You know, there should be just a giant fucking neon fireworks display of a sign on the other side that just says, in Spanish, just to really drive it home, how does it fucking feel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, my, my Spanish is not very good, but uh, I, I don't know how your Spanish is, but how, how would you say, how does it fucking feel in Spanish? I mean, you, the the start, you start with the books. No, I, I understand you completely agree. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. They, yeah. That, yeah. I get the, yeah, they have every right to be like, screw you, America. However, at the same time, the, the approach they take where it will cancel all your debt to America equally valid. <laughs> Which happens later in this movie. Yeah, that's very true. Which I'm like, God, man, I really wish. But, you but no, seriously. I mean, you use the books to start to start the fire, and you break up the wooden chairs you're not gonna need. Yes. That you see all around you, and you burn them. Yeah. Look, maybe okay, fine. We'll put let's just put Nietzsche in the questionable pile. But let's also talk about the fact that Nietzsche has, uh, I, I think, a line something of the nature of, "My time will be the day after tomorrow." Yes, this, this <laughs> so, movie takes us. Of course, they have to mention Nietzsche in it a little bit. Although you know, they could have been even more on the nose with it. They could. I would not have been. Uh, I, I would not have been mad at all if they took uh, chose to quote that directly in the movie. You know. Yeah, but that's just me. Although I do love the fact that they're like, "Hey, there's like a whole a shitload of uh, tax law over here that we can burn." Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's actually pretty good. Uh, and you know, there could have been a couple of more jokes in there for what to burn. You know, yeah. Like it just there could, you could have done a straight up gag or two. Well, yeah. Think of it of of like you know Shaun of the Dead style where they're going through the records. Yes, exactly. Oh my god, dude. You know what? Fuck it. Let, let's have uh, uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright 
do a fanfic film of this in this universe <laughs> with uh, with a, like a weird kind of style of the the same characters like that would be an entertaining fucking movie because <laughs> because uh, the whole mel I don't care I really don't care about the cancer kid like I should but I don't I'm sorry you're just you because I know you're just using the lowest common denominator uh, sympathy card for maximum amount of impact for least amount of screen time and i hate it <laughs> yeah i mean of, of all his disaster movies i think this one plays the most on sentimentality and that kind of you know makes it a little trying to watch you know i feel like um if uh you know really if uh, they actually followed through with the whole idea that you know, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Again, though, character. they're getting all these books to burn, and they have yeah. wooden furniture. For real, dude. Like, all these tables, all those chairs. Like Now, granted, though, I still say I wish that they put in a few jokes about the uh, the books that they were burning. I wanted yeah. some of that. Like, you know, fucking... I mean, we granted... can't burn it... Jewish authors. That's what the Nazis did. That's actually that's an awful but really funny joke um i'm also thinking like uh oh god I just i'm trying to because uh, you know i would think of like a lot of the shit that we would burn now like you know anything written by ben shapiro um oh but uh, i'm just anything trying to think of the like name trump on it yeah anything um but i'm just trying to think of like you know the topical stuff that uh would be then but, but i, can't I mean more to the been. point though the reason you need to burn the wood is the the heat you're going to get from the embers and the coals lasting longer are going to be essential when the real freeze comes. You're going to need those embers, that hot established heat that's lingering and long, and you're not going to get that from books. Yep. So don't you just love that? Uh, okay, so there's so many questions that the scenes like this raise. Like, why would you walk to New York when... Uh, your expertise, expertise, scientific expertise is needed to save millions of people. And won't his, and if, even if you do make the trek, there's no guarantee that his son will still be alive anyway. And yeah. also, how quickly can you walk from Washington to New York over ice sheets through a howling blizzard? Well, and, a howling blizzard that's like, what's supposed to be 50 to 100 below? Like, yeah. you have thermal gear of that level? Like, that's below Arctic temperatures, bitch. <laughs> that, and they also drive part of the way on highways that are supposed to be gridlocked with traffic that have just been stopped and buried in the snow. But right. it's but apparently they're driving in areas where they can just sort of get, get around that and how they're going to maintain gas for that kind of, that kind of distance. Like... This shit, this this never gets answered, <laughs> and we and you know, but weirdly enough, the movie's entertaining enough and silly enough where I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I also do really like the the uh, the fact that uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, crap, it was uh, yeah, like how they can they're able to get through get or walk to New Washington to New York. In just under three days, yeah, like that, and through the Arctic too. Like it's, I, I just, I mean, like maybe if you had sled dogs, 
Because, and for real, when they were driving, how did they not, like, get, just, like, immediately get caught in just still traffic? Do you remember, uh, I forget what year it was, but it was a couple years back when, uh, in Chicago, when Michigan Avenue completely froze over and people literally just uh, abandoned their cars uh, in the middle of the blizzard and went to the nearby Ooh. hospitals. Where, yeah, th- yeah, this shit really happened. It was, I think, it was a couple years ago. Michigan Avenue's traffic went to a standstill on a blizzard from the uh, uh, the lake effect. Um, they, they were buried in like almost five feet of snow or something crazy like that. And they people in their cars actually abandoned their cars and went to like the indoor buildings. Uh, I think there was like a hospital nearby that was uh, uh, giving away free coffee and, and and food and whatnot to to help some people because. Chicago was almost practically shut down from a giant blizzard like that. Wow. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that, you know, they didn't ha- run into anything like that. But whatever, movie logic. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, speaking I, of... I've, I've driven back through, a, through you know, terrible blizzardy temperatures before. Oh, yeah. So I get it. <laughs> Although I do like this little bit here. Like, speaking of movie bullshit, the whole mall sequence that they accidentally fall into um (laughs) uh, this is where the movie starts to shine in its writing and i really wish that they had gone all the way with this where uh you know he wipes away the glass and he goes frank are you all right (laughs) and he gets to rock like the best line (laughs) it's it's so dumb it's so corny and yet somehow i'm kind of here for it like i I really wish that it did it was that witty oh snap and right there and then as soon as he loses the sled and you see what a drop it is you immediately know he's like dead (laughs) like any moviegoer is like he's dead he's gone now this is fucking stupid. He takes he t- off his gloves. Right? There's only one reason why you would do that. Uh thematically, I mean. And that's because you need to rock the shot of him uh, where his hands are bleeding. Right. Holding him up. Like that's the only reason why they're doing this. Well, no shit. It's too much weight, man. Yeah, this is right there. That's the only reason why they uh, would have him take off the glasses. And, of course, no, he's gone. Also, at that point, with that many cracks in the glass, how hilarious, you know, (laughs) actually, how hilarious would this movie have been if he cut the line and then the glass breaks and the other two follow him? Oh, yeah. (laughs) like just like oh okay (laughs) well i guess that story arc is over but like but see they could have played that differently like they could have done it like you know okay they showed that whole thing with the sled but like you're a person you have a level of control over how you align yourself to fall 
So, mm-hmm. like, show him break a leg or, like, that's not, even at that height, that's not instant death where he is. It's depending how you fall. Shatter a leg, do something. Like, make but, it creative. But, but, Sean, but, Sean, the the sled broke into pieces when it fell. That's why he died. <laughs> this is the kind of bullshit movie logic that we deal with constantly here on this show. And you know what? That's that's kind of what makes it entertaining, isn't it? <laughs> okay, dude, for real. If we're get, like, look, the ancient book section. Look, we're not going to touch that shit. Like, we that that you're you're totally right. In the rare book section, we don't touch that. The 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 law books, on the other hand, that is total cannon fodder. Or what I fo- things well, like, however, I will find hilarious about this. Oh, the the Gutenberg Bible, the dawn of the age of reason in printing. Oh, you mean the thing they were doing in China 300 years before the Gutenberg Bible was printed? You Western centrist, like, we're right, everyone else in the world is wrong, like, intellectual dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think, like, what are some really awful, awful books that have been oh you know what would be really fucking funny because or no, i don't know wait. i don't think it was published at this point but just burn all the twilight yeah exactly i was about to say like how fucking funny if they just like had the entire novel series of the twilight books and just threw them in there <laughs> or of course now because again it did this shit didn't get published yet but fucking 50 shades of gray <laughs> like all their copies just whoop, well, burst yes, into flame. I mean, that started off as a fan fiction of Twilight before it became what it was. So obviously, yeah, I one, know. one precedes the other. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like all these other horrible, stupid books. Uh, mein Kampf would actually be really fucking ironic because <laughs> <laughs> they are in fact struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just trying to think like all these because uh, I, 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 I can't think of like you know it's it's. It's really funny because, you know, as a movie lover and a book lover, um, you think of like, man, I could name a lot of really shitty movies. Can't really name a lot of really shitty books, per se. I guess it's just because they don't, they don't, uh, book, shitty books don't randomly accumulate onto your lap like uh, bad movies do, I don't think. Um, I would agree. I have I have like one really bad book in my possession, which like I got dirt cheap because it looked interesting, and <laughs> then I stopped reading it because I realized the male author had no idea how to write women. And <laughs> oh God, so, those! Like the first ten pages were so bad, and then I realized like this is supposed to be a woman speaking. Like you don't know how to write women. I'm done. Yeah. Well, that's going in the fire. <laughs> I honestly kept it for the cover because it's a really cool cover. Okay, so just tear off the cover, burn the rest. (laughs) That's that's our logic in book burning. (laughs) Is if it has a really cool cover, keep the cover, burn the trash novel. (laughs) I'm oh, you know what? I I want um although I am torn. Do would we burn the uh, the shitty literatica section? Because I'm not entirely sure if I have the heart to I do that. I think there's plenty of law and tax books to go before we get to that section. Good point. Because, I mean, you've seen those. There, there are volumes of that shit, man. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, have you looked in a lawyer's office? My God. That's very true. 
oh my god look at the slow motion on this shot now like dude cut off like this is this shit is not as interesting also as like any is. history book that was written before 1900 probably even like later because like oh look this is really racist burn yeah for real it's time for you to leave mr president out the door you go Although there was one line in this movie that really speaks volumes to me now. And I think it was in that scene earlier. Because, again, usually I say, like, if they're, these characters, like, have a moment to just talk about their feelings or just get... Where the script really becomes overly melodramatic, it's, like, not very interesting. But there right. was one line in there. I think it was in the previous scene. I'm pretty sure, anyway. Uh, where... Um, uh, uh, what the, uh, Emmy Rossum's character looks at Jake's mm -hmm. Helen Hall and uh, kind of talks about her existential dread of the future because she's been prepping all these years for a future that no longer exists. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit, that's ex that is, yeah, that that is hardcore felt as uh, a millennial. You know, one of the things for me, hearkening back to when we were seeing the, the border crossings at Mexico, that, that really, you know, makes this movie not hold up time-wise. When you think about, you know, the... Oh, shit. The president The things now, like how, how life and culture is now. You're telling me a bunch of people trying to cross into Mexico from Texas are going to be showing up unarmed at that border? I know, right? Southern Americans are not going to show up armed to the teeth. I don't That's, believe you. Yeah, dude, there should be like an entire <laughs> dude. There should be a whole fuck the subplot with this, you know, the the infected wound and whatever. I don't care. Throw me a sub. Write me a subplot where there are a fucking rebel, uh, a rebel uh, uh, gun nuts of the NRA from like Mississippi trying to cross into the border and it turns into a fucking full on battle Royale border war. That sounds like an amazing subplot to right? be watching, to be honest. Cause again, cause again, this is a fun scenario where again, you have this superstorm that pummels the entire planet. Do something really interesting uh, with the characters or the situations. Because there's a lot of creativity to be had here. And I'm really sorry to say, outside of the spectacular wide shots um, of the real epic scope of things, like this shit. This right. shit's fucking cool. Um, do something interesting with, your, with the scope. Like, there's thousands of creativity, things to, uh, to be creatively done. Or oh, yeah. and, hell, I mean, can you again, imagine this if... movie has a lot of potential for scope, but as you said, it just really plays on sentimentality. Yeah, and it's boring. I don't care. Because <laughs> um, now that I'm thinking about it, like now we're cutting to the ISS um, way above, and I'm thinking, man, how cool would it be to see, like, you know, because have you ever read uh, Max Brooks's uh, World War Z? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Great, great novel. And it, it tells all these. Uh, international tales of the uh, the great zombie war and whatnot and you could just feel that there are thousands and thousands of stories to be told uh so can you imagine if this kind of granted it's bullshit pseudoscience and whatnot but can you imagine if this movie was also told in like the lens of 
like say after the fact as like a uh, a fake documentary within this world. Oh yeah. Like it could talk about the how, not just how it changed um, from like a, a a climate standpoint, but you could also talk about how it changed from a, a social, political, economic, uh, and all these other different standpoints and views of the world. Like you can throw all, multiple lenses over it uh, over this kind of scenario because that shit's just fun to to read and listen to. And okay, so now you're breaking out the the chairs, but not to burn them to make shoes. <laughs> you you can't go you can't go out there. You'll freeze to death. I'm going with you. No, you can't go out there. You'll freeze to death. No, I'm gonna go with you too. We're all all three of us are gonna go. What? You, you two can't go to death. You'll go out there. You'll freeze to death. <laughs> Well, you'll go can't go out there because you'll freeze right. to death. I'm like, you know, this. I honestly, actually, this. If you take away the the whole freeze, to why death would thing, you not be covering everything but your eyes at this point, you idiots? I, I, mm. they should be wearing goggles and scarves, man. Well, they don't have goggles, but at least like scarves. Like you have enough like cloth, you can make a face covering. Yeah, and multiple layer up, bitches. Seriously. I don't care what she said. What uh, and and granted, maybe that they they have like paper insulation, like the 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 one homeless guy was talking about earlier and whatnot. But dude, for real, <laughs> cover up. Right. And of course, because we saw the wolves, they're gone. Of course, they're gonna be like a a, a little subplot here. And I don't know. It's like. So where where are we? We are uh, let's see. Are we are uh, fifty nine? We are an hour and thirty four minutes in, and we've got this whole wolf and save Laura uh, subplot. And like I said, there's so many more interesting subplots you could be doing right now. This is what we're doing. Just you know, a couple of dudes trying to get medicine. I, right. I don't know. Like, look, if I had cared more about these characters. This kind of scene would land, like a small scale scene, would land with poignancy with me. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, like this, like go, either go if you're gonna go with like a big epic storm and you're just gonna go with this, like go big or go home, man. Medicine, the drugs, get all <laughs> the drugs, man. Oh, it's a smorgasbord. Uh, can, can I make a point, by the way? What's that? Uh, I could be mistaken, but I think there's, uh, like, a hospital really, really close to the New York Public Library. It's probably buried, that's why. Also, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I imagine that Roland Emmerich's like, oh, we can have this set of, uh, of, uh, a tanker interior set like let's do let's try that i don't know maybe you thought it was more visually interesting i i just i don't know also like we talked about how good visual effects have aged and whatnot these wolves are the one thing that did not age well no 
when it's really great wide uh, like wide landscape stuff and even the water to some extent but when it's like living breathing flesh it's not very good bad doggy bad dog Like, I know it's cold, but wolves have to be basically on the edge of starving before they'll attack humans, or humans have to be, like, in their territory. None of this makes sense. <laughs> I, I I mean, I guess, cause, again, it's movie logic. Remember, the wolves are gone, Sean. <laughs> and now they're near the humans. They've caught the scent of human, and they're hungry for flesh. That's that's the logic we're dealing with. <laughs> I know. This is a cool shot, though, where we get to see fucking Manhattan from space. And it looks like the camera's literally just mounted to the side of the uh, the space station. That shit's cool. More of that, please. No shit, dude. Yo, for real, you guys are already dead. If you if the eye is approaching, you guys should already be yeah. dead. Also, I'm just like, did you even find the medicine? Like what? Like, no, they did. Plot, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. They put. Like, it in... I missed that. Like the plot just shifted so fast. I was like, what? No, they were like, also, yeah, we they he, found. He's the missing a glove, and it was just touching metal, and it's how cold out. How does he still have? I know, right? Because again, it's not really ice, Sean. It's just made to look like ice, so it's a so for uh, the safety of our actors, it's fine. And of course, we have to have this cliche of like one little shift, and you know, all hell breaks loose. Although, you know, it's weird, and granted, I know it's probably because, you know, like, oh, the eye of the storm's coming, we gotta go, we gotta keep keep this scene going and whatnot, but there was no suspense in that. <laughs> There's no, and there was no need to have that, like, horror cliche or anything. This was cool, though, with the blood, the blood stain. Right, but notice it's the, it's the wolf that gets a blood stain, not the human and the billboard. <laughs> You know, you would think that that would the wolf having the blood stain and not the human would be worse, but you know, honestly, the the MPAA is so ass backwards in their logic. I guess that does kind of track in a weird way. <laughs> no shit. Put your gloves on, man. Now, this I thought was actually kind of cool. Just, again, the direction. When there aren't any lines of dialogue to be done and things are boiled to something simple, there's some really cool stuff to be shown here. Oh, fuck. When he's like, I know what this means. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, God. Save me, Wendy's. And Roland Eckenrich hey man, is... them fryers. Oh, yeah, for real. I could go for a Baconator right now, couldn't you? This episode <laughs> brought to you by Wendy's. Wendy's, please give me free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy chicken. <laughs> I do like their fries, though. Not going to lie. Oh, my God. I'm starting to my mouth is starting to water. Fuck! Now I want a Baconator. <laughs> okay, this is still a really cool shot. Even though the fact that they would be long dead before they even got inside. Oh, yeah. 
Um, again, like the tidal wave, but the, the, even in the wide shot where you can actually see the line forming downwards, like that shit's actually kind of cool to look at. This has got really cool B footage or a B roll, Sean. The B roll is on yeah. point. The A roll, not so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the wide vistas, man. That's the one thing that really does hold up, weirdly enough. And even the ice. The Iceman cometh. And of course, this bullshit thing, but it's still really cool. With a flag fucking freezes in mid. Which doesn't make us even make sense. No. Because we've established that there's no wind in the eye of the storm. So what what was making that flag blow? Doesn't matter. Looks cool. That's the logic. Yeah, it's like, I don't think temperature movement works this way, but no. go off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, let's just make it into a fucking horror movie. We don't care. Hold the door! Hold the door! Hold the door! Hold... Oh, so tragic. <laughs> also, that's the logic. Everything will be fine so long as there's fire, I guess. Fire well, will I mean, you, you have to have something to generate heat. That... I guess. It's just... I don't know. The, log the, the logic well, is just... Well, oxygen's not going anywhere. There, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it's just very silly to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, of course we didn't, have we not talked about for two hours? Just about yes. Now how it's silly. It's just silly. It's, it is silly. <laughs> it's enjoyable, but it's yes. silly. Uh, although I really do love how they dress the interiors in the post frost world. Um, Cause it's actually kind of cool. Like the, uh, the stove has got flaming things going on. And it's so kind of like, normal, but the rest is just, like, frosted over. Right. Speaking of this actor, I mean, he did this. He did, like, Deep Blue Sea. Did he ever do anything else? Uh, wait. Oh, my God. He totally was in Deep Blue Sea. I totally forgot about that. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess. Did I don't know. What else did he do? I'm, I'm like, fucking. Oh, he was in uh, The Perfect Storm. Another, uh. He was oh in yeah, Red... and he uh, yeah he uh, Romeo and Juliet, and then he played the brother in Silver Linings Playbook. And he was also in uh, Thin Red Line. So okay, okay. so he's yeah. he, he's, no, he's, he's a... still working. That's good for him. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never disliked the man, but he, he's one of those character actors who it's like, oh, he's fine when he shows up, but he never like hits you enough where you're like, I'm gonna remember that. And you know what? As an actor, like that's totally an acceptable thing. Like, it's, so long as it gets you work. Really? Oh like, yeah. That's... Like I mean, he he never. I've never seen him do a bad part, but he's never done something that was like to me so remarkable that it's like he's been at the top of my head. Yep. And you know what? A lot of actors that I I know out there are like, look, I'm not really aspiring to get an Academy Award. This is just a job for me. I'm just here to kind of you know show up and do my role and take my paycheck, go home to my family, and live my life. Like that's totally fine. And you know what? Weirdly enough, we probably should have more actors with that attitude. <laughs> like, because, you know, a lot of them really need, like, have the need to climb at, so that they can be successful yeah. and whatnot. This is kind of a cool thing. Like, I mean, it's not cool thematically, but. Well, but a lot of it reminds me of, you know, something Anthony Hopkins has talked about. You know, he'll be talking to young actors 
And one of the biggest things he has to teach them is like, no, 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 you're doing too much. You're trying to do it all outside. You're trying to show it all. You need to be internalizing these roles. You need to turn inside. Like yeah. that's where you're going to master this craft. Isn't that the, uh, the black cop that we saw? I think so. Yeah. Cause I know that we were supposed to see a lot of familiar faces here. And I'm also kind of so. Do they have like an an internal heating device in that thing? Because I'm really questioning the nature of this sort of thing. Also, I now I know well, it's but never really past the eye of the storm, so it's not like that cold now. I and get it. I get that was built for the Arctic. <laughs> yes, it, we've got to. It's got to be uh, uh, logistical to to shoot and film, Sean. That's that's why. <laughs> Although. I will say this, and this is including the, the dude, Frank. Um, I'm betting as they were walking and they stopped to camp and whatnot, a hundred, even though it's never explicit in this, uh, in my head canon, 110% no, uh, would believe that these dudes cuddle at night. <laughs> like, straight up. Because, you know, they've been saying that they work together for several years and whatnot. But I can totally see them just like, okay, get close. I'm the... I can actually totally see uh, Randy Qua or Dennis Quaid here being uh, uh, the the big spoon here. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, so uh, so in this scenario, are you the big spoon or are you the little spoon? All all I'm seeing right now is City Slickers too. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I'm totally the little spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know. From everything I have I have told and heard about your fiance, that does not surprise me. <laughs> I like cuddles, okay, and this is why twenty twenty has been particularly trying with me. I like group cuddles. And this is why I am I've always been kind of low key praying for a giant snowstorm to just come in like at a time like like I'll gather like a like a little party like a little house party or whatnot with a couple of friends and whatnot. And they happen to come during like the beginning of like a really bad snowstorm. Then we all get snowed in and we all just have to like stay in for like a day or two just together and try to keep warm. Like, I don't know. For some reason, that's that, that scenario has always run into my head just because I like group cuddles. See, I'm the kind of person who it's like the friends I had in college who are all decently nice people, but I'm like. Nah, I'm not cuddling with like a couple <laughs> large men. I'm gonna drive home through this snowstorm and go home for Christmas and leave the large men behind. And I did that a few times. Like, nope, oh, I'm I driving through it. a terrible snowstorm because I'd rather be home for the holiday than stuck snowed in this apartment with, with large smelly men. Like you're my <laughs> friends, I like you, but this is too much, bye. That's I don't get how that ship was positioned that way, but it looks fucking cool. Same with, same just, with the Statue of Liberty here. Yeah, that's the fucking poster right there. I mean, hell, you, I mean, you guys watching on YouTube or looking at the like constantly looking at the album art uh, that I've been making, you'll just be seeing a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of this. And you, hey, do you okay? So do you, that also reminds me. You remember when uh, we had those polar vortexes, and it was going to be dropping dangerously below to the people where. We're like, no, people, you have to stay inside. Otherwise, you might s suffer some well, nerve yeah, damage and, or and whatnot. And my whole thing now is like, you know, they were talking about getting high. Well, like, 
that library is not that tall of a building and look how high the snow is i'm like are we sure that library didn't get fully covered right for real dude like you should have gone like straight to the empire state building or uh the chrysler Something. building so anything dude but uh yeah uh sh but yeah. <laughs> uh well, oh fuck what's i gonna say oh um, okay go okay i forgot about this so yes apparently they are talking about the fact that it's buried under snow no, not really, because there's another shot coming up here where his dad is like, I don't believe you. I believe in will and my power as a father. I'm going to run up this hill and conveniently find an entrance to the library. Because, <laughs> again, look, that shot is fucking cool, but let's be honest. It's convenient as all hell. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say this, those sets look fucking cool. But look at all that wood furniture they had to burn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Can you imagine recycling some of these sets for like a horror movie or something? Can this you imagine how, how much more impactful this ending would have been if they found them all dead and frozen? Oh, I know. That would have been so <laughs> funny. Seriously, yeah, I, I guess it would be uh, if uh, it almost reminds me of the uh, the ending of The Mist. Uh, you know, mm. spoilers for anyone who's seen it, but it doesn't end well for our characters. And it's actually, right. it's it, for the, uh, when you consider the rest of the tone of that movie, it's actually kind of insultingly hilarious of how The Mist ends. We're going to have to do that movie sometime in the future, aren't we? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah so like all this shit is iced over but they're okay because they have fire i guess and the couch is okay despite everything else being frozen over i guess i don't know it's it's stupid weird movie logic and i'm just i i i, I think i've complained long enough to where we can just say fuck it <laughs> right fuck all of it oh i really am curious where the uh the the smoke in that chimney goes to oh they established that earlier when they first opened it the snow came down so that showed that it was actually going to the outside oh okay right on yeah that was like the establishing shot for that chimney which i actually appreciated so if it is going outside why weren't that should have been uh sam's uh, dennis quaid's signal to be oh, like, yeah. oh, they're alive. Like, they smoke. never stopped burning. There should have been smoke. You're completely right. But you know what? It wouldn't have been quite as cool for that wide vista of the library with the convenient level <laughs> right. of entrance to get in. Uh, it's lucky this movie is charming with its scope and its special effects. It's just <laughs> charming enough to hold your attention. This movie is kind of, you know what, this movie is basically like Wendy's. It is, it's, it's really fun while you're eating it, but you're just kind of more hungry afterward and you might have to take a couple, <laughs> might have to take a couple of vitamins as well. <laughs> like, and maybe suffering from a little bit of br brain freeze from their frosty. Okay. Seriously, if Wendy's isn't just going to straight up sponsor this episode, I'm going to be a little bit mad. <laughs> like, we, we should, we should totally just get them to like sponsor this. And I'm like, like now he's happy and not an asshole. Like, he's got, he has his arc. 
because right now Roland Emmerich is doing the greatest flex in uh, ever <laughs> by having uh, Dick Cheney saying I was wrong. <laughs> That's just like really the big flex, and I also love the fact that he's giving this address to the nation, to the world, really, on the fucking Weather Channel, right? That is actually really fucking funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that actually feels like a the the a part of the South South Park script, and not the <laughs> real script. <laughs> oh my god. Who? Once again, I would like to bring my point back to, <laughs> yeah. you know, 2012. And I'm sorry, but if I saw a ship full of white people getting off in my country and I was in Africa and my country was fine after a national, after a, a global disaster, I'd be like, I'm sorry, but we remember imperialism. We're not letting you down. Mm -hmm. Get the hell out of here. Also, you really got to love that they, uh, so that's another th thing that really bugs me with Dennis Quaid's plan to walk from Washington to New York to save his son, even though there's no guarantee that his son is still even alive. Right. Um, okay. So now we've assumed that granted he will get there and he, his son is alive and he's going to get there in time before the vortex takes any real effect or ill effect on them either immediately or afterward by you know like uh thirst or starvation so right and he, I, now, my whole other thing you know they're talking about how cold it is uh i'm thinking of like the people who live or are working in like basements that are heated that are you mm -hmm. know it's like there's plenty of places where you're well insulated from any outside effects yeah but my point plenty. is Okay, so he uh, Dennis Quaid has made the trip. He's rescued his son. But what the hell was his plan after that? Yeah. W were you going to just walk back on the middle of this now glacier? <laughs> I guess, you know what, I guess uh, uh, he left with some kind of fucking government tracker or something so <laughs> that they could pick him up via the helicopter. Because, um, <laughs> like, I guess the only reason why you couldn't just take a helicopter to new york to save them is because like uh you know the helicopter engines might freeze and whatnot this is really cool i want to yeah. know these people's story arcs because right? they seem more interesting to me well they probably were less sentimental <laughs> yeah exactly and although half of those people i'm like there's no entrance like there's no service entrance that i see in those how did you yeah. people get up there whatever it looks cool and that's the, the main reason for it. Yeah, you're two together. Great. Good for you. I don't care. Fucking make smart, dumb babies. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just you couldn't have just waited uh, until after the storm and then send the helicopters out to go rescue him. Right. Because you would have had the exact same effect of what you're having here for all these people. Oh, this is another really cool. And again, a great cliche of any disaster movie is yeah. zooming out of the new face of the globe. And you know what? At the rate we're going, it's probably going to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be shocked if it's gonna, if that's where we're headed, but whatever. And that was Day After Tomorrow. 
so um what again what my my feelings have kind of stayed the same it is a a greatly entertaining movie that does its job and has its moments with shitty shitty science and way too much melodrama i don't know watching this movie again all i can kind of think of is well it kind of makes me wish I had been drinking since the day before today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how it's like how many drinks do you need to have to tolerate this movie? Well, oh, oh, it's going to depend on the quality of your alcohol and the company you have to watch it with. <laughs> oh yeah, well, um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, there's one reviewer on uh, YouTube uh, who's uh, uh, Jeremy Johns. Uh, yeah, he actually doesn't he actually like uh. uh at the end of his reviews, he says, like, is there any alcohol required for this movie? No alcohol required. You need or like you need like 50 bottles of bourbon to get you through this or whatnot. Oh, like, so there's but yeah, that's I thought that I mean, was always I a put great this way. At, like, uh, uh, you know, insane amount. But it's like you, you definitely you definitely need you, a glass. You really got to got to have a tolerance for some of the sappiness going on and suspend your disbelief. So it's like, yeah. you might want to have a few before you're being like, oh, I can do this. Just, you know, have like a couple shots of either of whatever you're taking. Um, maybe put it in with a mixer or some ice. Or, you know what, more poignantly, just have a couple of shots in like a small glass and put an ice ball in it. Just. Yeah. Just I to mean, be on we, the nose we, with we it. We were kind of, you know, we were talking about, like, let's end this disaster movie off with a bang. And I'm like, it's really more like with a whimper. It's like, it after watching is. those other disaster movies, you're just kind of like, oh. Yeah, it really like, is. Man, like, I remember this movie being cool. It's like, yeah, it's cool for those, as you said, the wide shot effects and, and seeing all that stuff. But after that, you're just kind of like, uh and yeah. now I remember this is you know this is probably largely the reason I never bothered to watch 2012 in theaters because it's like I had seen this I didn't that, need good. to sign up for this again. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I think that's why I was a little hesitant about it. But then I saw some of the reviews and like, yeah, look, y- you get you get what you pay for, but it's actually better than Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. Um. But uh, but I am curious though, like as far as like the Roland Emmerich movies, like is this one kind of like. This one's kind of on the middle tier for me, but um, I don't know how it compares to, like, you know, either 2012 or Independence Day for you. Well, I mean, I was at the right age for Independence Day. Oh, yeah. So, like, that has to be stated. Like, that movie's always going to have a special place in my heart, and that's just not going to change. I mean, like, that was at the end of my childhood, so it's just... It's just not gonna. You're not gonna have me ever being like that movie was bad. Now the second one, oh gosh. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about no that disaster. Like, no, 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 no. Here, here's a real quick piece of advice for any would-be uh, director or screenwriter out there. If you're going to go with you know the typical three-act story model, you cannot ignore the second act. That's no. what makes you care about what happens in the third act. Right. You can't go from act one to three. You'll ruin your story and your movie. Because if, if you skip over that, I guarantee you no one will give a shit what's happening by the third act. Because yeah. so, if, if you don't have those character moments, none of, them, none of the scenes later uh, land with poignancy. 
It's kind of the same reason that Joss Whedon really fought to keep the uh, the farmhouse sequence in Avengers two in in check. Yeah. Because without that slow, strong break uh, from the rest of the movie and be this very you know somber, slow middle part of the movie, all their scenes in the 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 final battle at the end when you know the fucking when Ultron pulls the the, uh, the whole town into orbit, low orbit rather. Um, all their scenes land with poignancy and uh, and feel earned, you know. Yeah. Um, honestly, when it when it comes to his movies, I think uh, I think for me the high watermarks kind of you know Stargate and Independence Day. Yeah. Um, I actually I really do not mind Midway. Uh, it I still be need better, to see that. It, it it's not it's not bad. Um, I I'm sorry, but. Um, I have not watched this movie because I have a lot of people who this is, this story and what it led to is very important. And so the way he portrayed it is the disaster. And by that, I'm talking about Stonewall. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, it's like when I'm looking at his stuff, I enjoy, you know, 2012, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good as, you know, Stargate or Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I liked The Patriot, but knowing what I know now about history, yeah. I like that you basically decided to make an atrocity the Nazis, per, you know, perpetrated mm. as part of the Revolutionary War. That smacks bad. Although yeah. I will always enjoy it, if only for Heath Ledger. Yeah, but, okay. And, yeah. you know, we can also enjoy, you know, kind of a weird peak of oh. Mel Gibson before he went nuts. Yeah, and, and how could I forget this? I mean, if you want an excellent B-action movie, I mean, Universal Soldier. Oh yeah, that's a, so, I mean, oh so, man. I, mean, I think I think you know he kind of you know that's I think the best way to really describe this man's career. He made great like B level movies, yeah. and they were good. Like Stargate to me is like B level sci fi, but it's good. Universal Soldier B level action movie, but it's good. Then he kind of came out of nowhere and made like this A level disaster sci fi movie with Independence yep. Day, and then just never quite hit that mark again. Yeah, because even like uh, 2012, which I really fucking love 2012. It, it's it's actually oh, a I mean, lot of it's fun. not bad. I but you know, yeah, it's so much. It's because they have great characters. The characters make that movie fun yes. more than the premise. Yes. Um. But yeah, you're right. Like he never quite reached that same level after Independence Day. It was kind of his. But to in all fairness, like like because like I've said before, that movie is textbook example of a perfect perfect balance between quality and camp uh and that's yeah. what and i bet you know i think he even understands that and ever since then he's been trying to capture that balance again especially well, with his like, disaster films at, at his writing like some of his movies that he's written have been great some of the ones he's written have not been and i'm just sitting here all i can think of is like do you have like a ghost co-writer or a ghost script doctor and if so like the ones you used for, you know, like 2012 and Independence Day and like Stargate, like get keep them. hiring them. Yeah, like we need them back. Whoever was overlooking this one, fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, never for again. real. For real. <laughs> like, like send them back to the the uh, the Christian commune where they're writing soapy melodramas. And yeah, it's <laughs> like, 
oh, it's, uh, like, it's like sentimentality like has to be balanced against everything else, and the balance was not here in this movie. This is yeah, this is why I really thought that um, man, what it have been? It, it would have been really great if uh, Steven Spielberg got to make a movie like this. Because and imagine keeping the uh, 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 the main characters as you know like 11, 12 year olds. Because mm. if you had those like that element and the disaster thing and this whole like weird balance of high budget action and sentimentality and whatnot, I think Spielberg probably could have turned in something maybe not great but arguably possibly better than this. But you know what I would really like to see Spielberg do? <laughs> What's that? Like, I think more than anything, just because of how ridiculous and exploitative the shark genre has gone, I want to see <laughs> him, like, just for shits and giggles, like, do a shark exploitation film, like, now, like, of the caliber they do now on, like, sci-fi channel stuff, but do it better than any of them could ever hope to do. <laughs> I don't think he ever will because he's just got. He's Why just would got. He? he has no, no reason to. He has guess, all the credibility in the world. He doesn't have to do anything silly if he doesn't want to. I guess it's. Well, I guess it's because he's got so many other projects that he's backed up with, oh, uh, yeah. that he wants to do. That he's just like, I don't think it's in my lifetime anymore, and I don't think it's not really but, the legacy. But see, what he could do, he could do his producing thing. Like he could recognize the need for something like this, and then find the right director to like take it to that level. That would be an, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. But honestly, at this point, I'd be like, dude, just just throw him a fucking cameo, you know, like just <laughs> have him get eaten by you know a fucking Sharknado or something like that. Just or, that or would be fucking yet, great. Like go the Simpsons route and like not quite a cameo, but like it's his non-union Mexican equivalent getting eaten. By <laughs> okay, now we're just going full Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly Cause... what I just said. Go the Simpsons route. <laughs> Oh, but actually, you know what would be really fucking great? Like, in a future shark exploitation uh, sci-fi movie, they literally get, for one day only, uh, John Williams and Steven Spielberg to get eaten by the bad CGI Jaws. Actually, I, I thought of something even better. Like, What's that? That's, that? They should have done something like this in, like, The Meg, or, or one of those type movies, like, where they're doing yes. the mega shark movies. They should have, like, had this scene where you're watching like these people basically filming a scene from Jaws and the Meg swallows like the entire crew set everything. Yo, that's a great cold <laughs> opening to a movie. <laughs> Write that shit. It would be a big ass summer blockbuster and it would be one of the most memorable opening sequences in cinema in the it's last like, like it's decade. It's like what a great way to like parody the thing before, know you're going over the top and just lean completely into it. That Okay, so I think now you and I need to start writing a parody movie. Because <laughs> I think we'd have a lot of fun with that. But <laughs> but either way, so like any other final thoughts for this movie? Because we didn't, we didn't make it, but we sure I as mean, hell watched it. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's not terrible, but, you know, upon revisiting it like this, I just don't think it's going to hold up uh, on the same caliber of other disaster movies. I think a lot of them, you know, whether you, I mean, they use the disaster as a backdrop for a better story or the disaster itself is done so over the top and better. But again, they have interesting quirky characters to temper it. Yep. Uh, so either of those scenarios works better. This one, 
it kind of doesn't do either one well, so it just doesn't really leave that great of a, an impression long term. Yeah, I'm just gonna call it a robust B picture. Robusto, because <laughs> it do it doesn't really break down. It's not really any top tier or anything, even for a B movie. And despite all my grievances and whatnot, it still kind of works for me. So, yeah, yeah like it's. A, I don't know if, I, although it's probably gonna be a long time before I watch this movie again. Outside of oh, like, yeah. I'm, because usually like ninety percent of the times that I've watched this movie, um, it really hasn't been on DVD or on. Uh, it's always been on fucking cable. Like that's ah. that's ninety percent of the reason why I know most of this movie by the back of my hand. Because it was on cable constantly, and you're just flipping through channels at your parents' place, trying right, to find see, something to like, do. Like this was at, at my time of life, where it's like I was beyond that. I mean, this came out, you know, when I was a junior in college, so you know, I was moving well beyond a point of like I'm watching stuff on cable. It's like no, I'm I'm too busy for that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm just uh, I, I'm probably ready to just put this movie away. Although I will uh, probably pop in 2012 uh, some other time. But <laughs> either way, I'm glad all you guys are still listening, and hopefully you'll be tuning in next uh, next month, really, because uh, we're about to get fucking weird for <laughs> February. We are about to enter what I'm calling fucked up February. And uh, we're going to start off with a fucking doozy of, of a movie. I'm not going to say too much, but I will say it's a, probably one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. And I really, really hope that y'all can hunt down a copy to watch this because, holy shit, it's worth it. So until then, we'll see you next time. I've been Tim. I've been Sean. And you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace.